Our Mass of the Holy Spirit this morning inaugurates a new academic year, and throughout our country and Catholic universities and high school students, faculty administrators gather in prayer to ask God to send His Spirit to guide the learning and the living of a whole educational community. In short, we pray to grow in grace and wisdom in this new year. Thomas Aquinas College is known as a solidly Catholic college, one that does not give in to the latest educational trends that so often find their way into the policies and curricula of other so-called institutions of higher learning. An impressive record of academic excellence and scholarly achievement warrants respect. And you are a college that truly cares not only for the intellectual dimension of those entrusted to your care, but also the spiritual, moral, and social lives of young people who enter just four years out of grade school and, God willing, will enter a world as informed, faith-filled, and courageous young adults. I suspect the readings, the scripture passages for our Mass of the Holy Spirit alternate each year. The gospel that would have been proclaimed in every Catholic Mass throughout the world on this day, Monday of the 20th week in ordinary time, might also have been an appropriate passage for reflection to begin an academic year. It is in Matthew's account of the rich young man who asks Jesus, Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? No doubt a question each one of us has asked any number of times, and one that also warrants further reflection. However, today we just heard from St. John, who reports those very clear instructions of our Lord. Whoever does love me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Of the four Gospels, St. John gives the greatest emphasis on the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. When Jesus meets Nicodemus, our Lord speaks of the necessity of being born from above by water and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Our passage this morning from chapter 14 and the two chapters that follow are known as the farewell discourses, and they provide us with a more developed role of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles. We have just heard Jesus promise the advocate or paraclete, a new term for the Spirit. Sometimes the translation given is that of comforter. But scripture scholars remind us that a paraclete does more than comfort. John's use in Greek actually is closer to the Latin for advocate, meaning a mediator, one who stands by you in time of need, a defense attorney, you might say. But think about what a lawyer does for pay, the paraclete does for love. And what a lawyer does with no guarantee of winning, the paraclete does with the certainty of success for those who do their part, namely loving the Lord and keeping his word. This is the same spirit who is the spirit of truth, who we are told in chapter 16 guides into truth all who hear Jesus' instructions. The spirit does not communicate any new teaching, but gives the believer insight into what Jesus had already taught. Father Pat Harton is a priest of the Diocese of Spokane, a retired scripture scholar from Gonzaga University, and in his book, Exploring the Spirituality of the Gospels, 
He writes, the Spirit dwells in the heart of every believer and gives insight into the relevance of Jesus' message for their lives. What is the message for your lives? Not just those who begin your four years now as freshmen, but those of you who are sophomores, juniors, and seniors. You can give witness to those entering Thomas Aquinas College to the importance of the friendships made during one's year here. This includes not only friendships as studied in your classes, the writings of Plato, Aristotle, and Cicero, but those women and men whose names and lives are found in Scripture, and certainly the lives of the saints. In this small setting, without much of the distractions commonly plaguing college lives today in the so-called hookup culture, each of you, God willing, will meet others here who care as deeply for the Lord as you do. And to share in this type of healthy friendship will no doubt make the path of discipleship less daunting. Like Matthew's Sermon on the Mount and Luke's journey to Jerusalem, John's farewell discourses give us insight into his spirituality. Jesus' actions in the foot washing, the importance of service and love of others, and the relationship between the Father, Son, and Spirit in the context of that love gives us an example of love that must be shared. The poet Gerald Manley Hopkins in his homily of April of 1882 speaks of the paraclete as one who cheers and encourages and persuades, who exhorts and urges us forward. Thus a paraclete is zealous that we should do good and full of assurance that if we try, we can move us forward. As if the Spirit is telling us what we must tell others, this way to do God's will, this way to save your soul. I would hope that most of you in your high school years would have read C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce. In my years of teaching high school prior to being named a bishop, in the senior seminar, it was the one book that I felt enabled our students to think deeply about what they must do in their lives as young adults. I say that because if you recall from that book, the solid ones or the bright ones met individuals along the way and tried to convince them if they only would admit that they, what they did had been wrong, that they could become bright or solid. And those that did not remained in the gray world, or worse, it was as if each encounter bet between the bright ones and those in the gray world were encounters with the paraclete. They urged them to move beyond their sin of pride and to humbly admit what they had done was wrong. Sadly, not everyone got beyond their pride and rejected the efforts of the solid ones, the bright ones, to be a paraclete to them, to urge them on for the salvation of their souls. The times that we are living in our world, and with the most recent alarming revelations about evil and degeneracy in our own church, call us to even deeper relationships with the Lord. We cannot follow Christ by ourselves. We cannot truly know him just with an intellectual grasp of the truths of the faith, no matter how bright we may be or how thorough our education is. Thus he has promised us the advocate, the paraclete. 
and we in turn must be that for others. At the heart of St. John's Gospel is love, sacrificial love, and it is the foundation for the relationship among the Father and the Son, and it is extended to us. We enter humbly into this relationship with the Father and the Son through belief, or more accurately, seeking him with a sincere heart. And so as you begin this academic year, I pray that each of your days may bring forth a grace-filled experience of the Holy Spirit who says to each one of us, this way to do God's will, this way to save your soul.